have your Bibles open to Luke 2 if you want to reference the things we're talking about. Now here we have these two stories we just read. Um, the story of Simeon and the story of the prophetess Anna. And um, it's just so funny. Sometimes, Berg was great during the little children's sermon, but sometimes he's just a tornado. And some of you heard him screaming back there. And I just sort of wonder, did Jesus do that? Right? When, when Simeon picked him up, did Jesus scream like kids do sometimes in baptisms? If you've ever been to a church where a baby's being baptized, and as soon as the pastor touches him, the kid just loses his mind? I always wonder that. Um, I really wish we had more about baby Jesus. But we have these two great stories we're going to look at. You know, we have these two great stories, and, and, and the Bible tells us that Mary and Joseph, in verse 33, marveled at these two things. Uh, they marveled at Simeon, and I'm sure they marveled at what Anna had said. Um, I mean, imagine someone coming up to you after you've had a child, somewhere, you know, after 40 days of having a child, and someone says, hey, because you had this child, I'm good. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I've been waiting to see this, and, and, and it's like my life calling is fulfilled. And, and then you have this prophetess, Anna, who, who it says that she was married, so maybe as a teenager, like most were, and after seven years, her husband died, and so rather than get remarried or do something else, she just decided, you know what? I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to spend all day fasting and praying. And she had been there a real long time. I would also like to mention, it's kind of amazing how sometimes just, you know, just to put a framework on this in the Bible, sometimes people say that the Bible is so masculine dominated and, and, and anti-women. Um, in the New Testament here in this time, how amazing is it that a female prophet is mentioned in scripture and plays such an important role in recognizing Jesus when there's no other even male prophets mentioned at this time um, outside of really just John the Baptist a while later and then Jesus. Very, very cool. God does amazing things. And this is why I love Advent so much, is that God does amazing things. It is such a cool reminder um, of what is important in life when we stop and think about Advent and Christmas. It is such a great reminder when we think about the story of Mary and Joseph and how they were just doing what they were supposed to be doing. You know, and it mentions at the beginning of Luke 2, we didn't read it, but it mentions it that says, well, this is what you did. If, if, if you had a firstborn son, 40 days after the child was born, you would go to Jerusalem, to the temple, to consecrate the child as the firstborn. A Andy talked about this this morning. The, the firstborn child, it was, like a, it was given to God like an offering in a way. And so they were just doing what they were supposed to be doing. And yet, and yet something amazing happens. Simeon and Anna were, were as we talked about with the kids, were watching, were waiting. They weren't just waiting, oh, maybe this will happen, but they were watching, they were, they were attuned. It says that Simeon was attuned to the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit sort of nudged him to go and see this child. Simeon was waiting to see Jesus, to see the Messiah. And I love the detail it gives in verse 32 that, that this Messiah was not just for the Jews, but was for the Gentiles. And it lines up exactly with what the shepherds said back before in Luke chapter 1 when it says that this child will be good news for all people, not just for the Jews. Jesus' ministry, it's amazing, it's almost like Jesus' ministry starts when he's a baby. And it's not just for the Jewish people, it's not just for the people in the inner circle who knew what was going on, but it says here twice in the first two chapters of Luke that this joy, this peace, this love was for everyone. And we remember at Christmas time, 
that Jesus is the same fulfillment for all of us. The way he fulfilled Simeon's prophecy from God that, that he would see the Messiah is the same way Christ fulfills you and I. And as we're talking about Mary the last couple of weeks, we've talked all of these different facets about Mary's life, who she is. Think about what she saw. Think about the impact she was having in, in, in maybe less than a year from the time she finds out she's having a baby to, to about 40 days after the baby is born. The exchange she has with her cousin Elizabeth in the great worship service they have together in Luke chapter one, the shepherds and everyone the shepherds talked to. Remember, when the shepherds went out, it says they told everyone about this. For Simeon and for Anna, it says they went and talked to a bunch of people about this Jesus. And then later on, we have the story of the Magi or the wise men who would come. And who knows how far they took the stories of Anna or of Mary and Joseph and this baby. And here she was, Mary, this teenage girl, by all accounts, completely unremarkable. And yet her faith, her trust in God, made a huge impact on the world around her. Made a huge impact on the world as a whole. You know, as we say in English, you know, put yourself in Mary's shoes. We talked about this last week. If we are to bring Christ into the world, people will notice, and this story is an example of that. People are watching, people are noticing what we say, what we do. People are watching, they're seeing you, and your faith can affect their relationship with God as well. And we know this because for the last four or five months we've been talking about doing life together, building one another up. We know this, this life, even though our relationship with God is very personal, it's between he and us, we know that it's not meant to be done alone. We know that we're supposed to be doing this together and encouraging one another. So, who's watching you? I mean, it's sort of a weird, creepy question, right? Like, who's watching you? But think about it. People watch us. We watch other people. We look to other people's example, too. Maybe it's friends, maybe it's children, maybe it's colleagues. You know, sometimes as Christians, we doubt that we can make an impact. Sometimes as Christians, we maybe feel isolated or alone, and we wonder, what in the world could I do? Like, what in the world could I possibly change for someone? Imagine Mary. She just had a baby as a teenager. All of this weird suspicion surrounding her pregnancy. She's had these weird, miraculous moments with the angel Gabriel, with her cousin Elizabeth, with the shepherds at, at, the, at the birth. And, and she shows up at the temple to do her duty, and this amazing thing happens. Not because she had great stature, not because she had studied the Torah every day since her birth, simply because she had great faith and was in obedience to God. Amazing things happened. Church, I know sometimes you feel like you can't make an impact. I know sometimes you feel like you're isolated. I know sometimes you think that you can't be an example or that people shouldn't watch you. But God can use us to do great things. I truly believe that. When we take a posture of faith like Mary and we just take one day at a time just doing whatever God has called us to do to the best of our ability, great things can happen. God may send someone to you to encourage you and lift you up. God may send you to someone else to build them up. 
whatever it is, whatever side it is, there's mutual benefit when we follow God. I read this in a devotional. I thought this was so good talking about this story. It said, God in his kindness knew that these people, Simeon, Anna, Mary, Joseph, though they all were full of faith, they needed each other. God knew that as they came together, that this would result in comfort for their souls and a strengthening of their faith. Church, I can't speak for all of you, but I know that oftentimes, like I said, we feel isolated or we feel alone as Christians, especially in this world today. We're looking, we're looking for people like us, we're watching for people like us. We're looking for people like Mary to cross our path, or maybe we're looking for someone like Simeon to come and encourage us and tell us we're doing the right things. We're looking for people to trust. But in our sin and in our doubt, we forget that God has promised us we would not live this life alone. God knows we need each other, and so he sends us help. And like that quote I just read, it gives two important things when we do this. When we come together through our faithfulness in God, two amazing things happen. It comforts our souls. It makes us feel like we're not alone, or what I always say is it makes us feel like we're not crazy people. <laughs> I, I remember, and some of you might remember this, my first year here, which was a while ago now, the first time we went to the international gathering of international pastors, it was in Bratislava, Slovakia, and I remember sitting there uh, six, seven, eight months into this job thinking, I'm a crazy person. Like, this is the weirdest job in the world. As much as I love this church, dealing with people and working with people from around the world in every different faith tradition, sometimes as pastors, it's a little trying, right? I think the gray hair is because of this church and that blonde-haired thing back in the back, right? But I remember going to this meeting and, and, and fellowshipping with other pastors in similar positions and thinking, I'm not a crazy person. Like when we get together with other people and when we just go forward in faithfulness and trust that God will bring other people into our lives, we realize maybe, maybe this is God's plan. Maybe God wants to comfort my soul with other people. Maybe God can use me to comfort someone else's soul. And the second thing it does when we live in faith together is it strengthens our faith. Think about if you were Mary, uh, uh, this person coming, lifting up your child and praising God in the temple courts for all to see how much that would encourage you that yes, God has indeed done this amazing thing. Think about Mary when, when Jesus, as a toddler, loses his temper and throws things across the kitchen and she wants to lose her patience with him, remembers this great moment and her faith is encouraged. Church, people are watching you just the same way you're looking at other people. It goes both ways. But if we remain faithful, if we remain faithful first to God and trust that God will do amazing things, that God can use us even though we feel imperfect, that God will strengthen you through relationships and strengthen others through your gifts, we'll see amazing things. We'll see amazing things like the prophetess Anna standing up and praising God for this baby. And we won't just see amazing things, but our souls will be comforted, our faith will grow. And so think about this in Advent. 
As we wait for Christ, we expect his coming. As we wait for Christ, we expect him to come. Christmas always comes, right? We're rotating around the sun. Christmas is gonna come. But let me encourage you that Advent is not just waiting. Advent is waiting and watching. Advent is is looking for the things God is doing, is asking God to do amazing things, is asking God to show you the things you should do, like Simeon who was so attuned to listening to God and the Holy Spirit that when the Holy Spirit nudged him, he said, yeah, I gotta go see this baby. Church, I know sometimes you feel isolated. I know sometimes you feel like you can't make an impact. But I believe, in my own experience, I've seen it, that God indeed, when we have a certain measure of faith, when we believe God can, God will. God will bring us together people will notice what you're doing and it will encourage them. You will notice what other people will doing and it will encourage you. Maybe another way to think about it is this, is that when we are faithful, God will bring people to us and, and bring us out to other people. You know, we all have times in our lives where we need help and encouragement. We all have times in our lives where we feel like we need a boost. Maybe that's what Advent is for you this year. Maybe Advent for you this year is simply to say and acknowledge the fact that you feel like you can't do it alone. And you're asking God, you're pleading with God to send you a Simeon, to send you an Anna. Maybe things are going really well. Maybe you're feeling full of the Spirit and God is going to send you like Simeon to someone to encourage them. Maybe that's your prayer. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle, I don't know. But when I look at Mary... It doesn't say that she did anything great, that she was, you know, had all of these things figured out, that she was better than you or I, like we've talked about. No, she just was going about in faithfulness, following what God had called her to do, and taking her son to the temple in worship, going to church. <laughs> and God intersected with the community of believers to do something amazing. So let me encourage you continue to have the faith you have had. Even when you feel like things maybe aren't going well or even when you feel like maybe you can't have an impact, continue to have the faith you have had and trust that God will do something. We all need helps and encouragements. We all need to find more unity in this life, both to encourage others and for our own selves. So let us trust God. Let us trust God because it will comfort our souls, it will build our faith. Or if you're like me, it'll just make you feel a little bit less like a crazy person. It'll connect us together in the spirit of God. And if you feel alone, if you feel like there is no one, if you feel like Christmas is just another season where you're alone, my hope and my prayer for you is that you would trust that the Lord's coming would be the thing that you need most of all. That in three days we celebrate Christmas the coming of light into a dark world. I mean, we talked about this before we started the service. Last night was the darkest night of the year. So if nothing else, let's use this as a metaphor for things are going to be looking up. Things are going to be getting better when we put our faith in God. And the people who are watching us will be encouraged. The people who are watching us will be encouraged and then God will also use you to encourage others who need it. Church, the story of Advent is not just about Christmas time and the baby Jesus and something we do every year. 
The story of Advent is about a lot more than that. It's about how it changes our lives. It's about how it grows us up. It's about how Jesus came that you and I would not have to do this alone. And that's worth praising God for. That is worth doing whatever we need to do so that we would see him. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. God, we thank you for the story of Simeon and Anna. We thank you that they were faithful. We thank you that they trusted in you. We thank you, God, that, God, we thank you that Mary had faith that we should all emulate. That while people were watching her, though she may not have even known, God, that she trusted in you. And so, God, use us to encourage others. Would you bring people into our lives to encourage us when we need it? God, would you unify us with our brothers and sisters in Christ? Would you build us up that we would do this life together? Though we often feel alone, Father, I pray that you would remind us we are never alone. I pray that Advent would remind us, Lord, that we are never alone. And so we make our prayer in this Jesus' name. Amen.